Welcome to Jersey Guy Sports, your sports talk home for the Yanks, the Giants, the Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. And I'm your host, Don. I want to thank you for listening. Today, I'm going to be talking about Rutgers football 2023 preview. As Rutgers looks for a little offensive consistency this year under their new offensive coordinator. And we'll also touch a little bit on the Giants preseason as it rolls on. And we get a small preview of Daniel Jones and Darren Waller. So let's go ahead and get started. Rutgers football held its second scrimmage of the summer Saturday. The defense remained well ahead of the offense, which I guess is to be expected given where they came from last year, but it's not particularly welcome news. Shiano said the offense as a whole improved, quote-unquote, and they slugged it out and what turned out to be, a, I guess, a pretty strong defensive effort. Uh, again, you know, it's not really open, so it's hard to know exactly who did what, but you can offer up some quotes from Greg Shiano and try to parse through what, what he said. You know, we went in and we tried to do a couple different things, Shiano said. I thought defensively we played better today than we did in the first scrimmage. So pretty stout defensive effort, and I thought our offense slugged it out <laughs> pretty well with them. It wasn't going to be an explosive day. They're playing pretty well right now, he said. Uh, maybe another quote here was one of the things we emphasized today was red zone offense. Everything happens more quickly down here. Spaces lessen, you get more pressure and those types of things. And Wimsat did a really good job reading and going through his progressions to get more. So those were Greg Shiano's words about the second scrimmage. And it's a bit hard to try to parse those words, but we'll, We'll have to see. I mean, quite honestly, none of that sounded particularly encouraging for our quarterback, Kevin Whipset, and to the offense, who were beyond awful last year when Shadow was forced to, as you guys may remember, fire offensive coordinator Sean Gleason in the middle of last season. Shadow now in the offseason hired Kirk Sharaka as a new offensive coordinator, and we'll see how this new coordinator deals with the lack of offensive talent on the Rutgers football team this year. Now there is some good news and that is we're getting Sam Brown back. Sam Brown was an excellent, excellent running back for us last year and he got hurt midway through the season, missed the rest of the season and now he's back. So that's going to be great. Rutgers seems to be able to spawn good running backs like their weeds. Like seriously, no matter how bad the offense is, we always, always have two, three, four really good running backs. It's unbelievable. No matter what year, what situation we always seem to have it. Hell, I saw um, Blackshear run against the Giants on Friday in the NFL in the preseason game. Of course, Isaiah Pacheco is the starting running back of the Super Bowl champion Chiefs. We know Rutgers can produce good running backs, and they continue to do so. Now, this year, beyond Sam Brown, Rutgers also has Aaron Young, Kyle Manungai, who's really good, and um, Al Shadi Salam, I guess, who also ran really well this year all of whom are really excellent running backs. So we are a good four deep in the running back category. So running back is not a position of concern on offense, unlike most of the other positions. It's likely Rutgers' strongest offensive position. Still, Shano teams <clears throat> have always seemed to be strong defensively and somewhat suspect offensively. Last year was exactly that in spades, really. The defense played very well for most of the year, and the offense was beyond future. Just terrible. Um, half the time you watch the offense and it was just a shit show out there. It was hard to go to these games. Our quarterback play contributed greatly to this. I mean, between Langdon, Simon, and of course, Gavin Wimsett, it was a tough friggin' year for quarterback. Wimsett only completed 44% of his passes last year. 
Now, that was due in large part to his own inaccuracy, which has to friggin' be fixed. When he's got an open pocket and the receiver's open, you have to throw an accurate ball. So there, there's no other issues you can make, you know, beyond that. But in addition to his own inaccuracy, which has to be fixed, uh, he certainly was not helped by having what is really a porous offensive line. And he really had almost no receivers to throw to last year, at least ones that could do any damage. So we're hoping to change, well, we're hoping to change all of that this year. Um, there's a new offense coordinator, and as I mentioned, Kirk Scirocco, he came out of Minnesota, um, really did well there. We have the return of Sam Brown, as I mentioned, at running back. We have some new wide receiver options, um, and what we hope is going to be an improved offensive line, and that should hopefully lead Rutgers to at least the offense have somewhat of a productive year this year, right? Yeah, I don't think we can really hope for more than that with how far they have to come. Um, but certainly even having a somewhat productive year is far from a foregone conclusion coming into this year. But having a viable offense is critical to having a successful season in 2023 with the season opener against Northwestern on September 3rd uh, rapidly approaching here. Now, a couple notes on some of the folks on offense. Uh, there is a uh, person named Ian Strong. He's an encouraging true freshman wide receiver uh, who may actually impact the game this year. He's 6'3". 210. He's out of St. Anthony's. He has an impressive camp. Um, keep an eye out for Ian Strong at wide receiver this year. He's a true freshman that could do some things. Um, Jacques Jackson, I guess his name is. Uh, he's in from the transfer portal this year. He has a pretty high upside. Uh, also, Chris Long. And there might be a, another couple new, few other new names that we you know, hope will make some contributions right away at wide receiver because we need some receivers to step up. We also need some contribution from the tight end this year, which we've had absolutely none of, you know, in the past year or two. And while much of the offensive line is set, you know, there appears to be competition for the starting spots still at the state late in August, which is not really what you're looking for here. You want your offensive line to be set. I mean, one of the things that makes a good offensive line is repetition, you know, knowing where your teammate's going to be, playing with the same five people over and over and over, knowing who's going to pick up who when there's a blitz from the inside, things like that. Now, chemistry like that takes time to develop. And if you're still changing players in and out at the end of August, it's not a good sign when you're looking to have a good, consistent offensive line. So hopefully that gets set very soon. And hopefully the offensive line is improved from last year. Um, it might be hard to not improve from last year. So I'm confident we'll have a Slightly better offensive line at minimum this year. We'll see. Now, the defense, on the other hand, looks very strong. And obviously, Shana was known for defense his first go around. The defense this time around is much, much ahead of the offense. Um, and, and the defensive line looks even stronger this year. Um, we were pretty damn good last year. And we seen, we appear to be about eight deep in good good defensive linemen this year. Um, and obviously good defense and good defensive linemen are, you know, a trademark of the Shiano teams. And we appear to have them in spades this year. Um, there's somebody named Isaiah Eaton, and it's spelled I-T-O-N. He's a six foot two, 290-pound defensive lineman that looks like a rock. He transferred to Piscataway from Old Miss this offseason. Apparently he's this huge dude, really strong, and I'm really looking forward to watching him this year. So keep an eye out for Isaiah Eaton, I-T-O-N on the defensive line. Uh, lastly, on Rutgers, before we move on to the Giants, um, there's sophomore kicker I Patel. Appears I've won the field goal kicking job. Thank God. This is over last year's starter, Jude McAdamy. 
um, who is just going to be the kickoff dude this year. Thank God, because McAdamy sucked balls as a field goal kicker last year. So our new kicker looks to be Patel, and I hope that's that's true. And McAdamy, McCamp, whatever his name is, can just do his kickoffs and sit on the sideline. So that would be great. Um, that's it for Rutgers. I'm going to go ahead and talk about the Giants a little bit right now. So the New York Giants played their second exhibition game of the summer, Friday night, where they beat the Carolina Panthers 21-19. As you know, when you watch preseason games, it's hard to tell a lot or you can't really take a lot out of most of the preseason games because most of the starters are not in for most of the game. Sometimes none of the starters play at all. Uh, in this case, Daniel Jones, along with his new all-pro tight end Darren Waller and Andrew Thomas, played all of one series. But it was an excellent series. They started the game, and they all shined. Darren Waller looks great. Daniel Jones looked mostly accurate, except for one short, easy five-yard throw that was behind his running back. But otherwise, Jones looked confident. He looked accurate. He felt the pocket, in my opinion, particularly well on one play, where he was pressured from all kinds of directions. He stepped up, evaded a few people, ended up gaining some yards on a play that looked like it could definitely be a sack. So I'm looking for continued improvement for Daniel Jones in his pocket presence this year. I don't necessarily need him to run more or faster or for more yards, but I want him to be able to feel the pressure better and also be, you know, notice it a bit quicker than he has in previous years. I'm not, have not been thrilled with his pocket presence, but he showed very good pocket presence on his one series that he was in on Friday night. Now, certainly he has speed when he does run, although he's not particularly elusive in the open field. And everyone probably remembers Daniel Jones tripping on the 20-yard line, face-planting, where no one was anywhere around him. He took off. He's running for about 60 yards right in the open field, trips over, you know, the the gremlin coming out of the 20-yard line, falls on his face, and, uh, you know, and got touched down at that point. Um, but Jones is, is a good runner in general, even though he's not that elusive. He has good speed. One of the big takeaways out of early in the game was, of course, Darren Waller, who I mentioned. <clears throat> he's an all-pro tight end who the Giants picked up, and he's just going to be a tremendous addition to this team. Really is, very much so. Um, to now have Daniel Bellinger as the second tight end is like having a load of riches, because I think Bellinger is actually a fine tight end as well, though certainly not on the level of Waller. But to have Bellinger as a secondary tight end, is just, I think, tremendous, where we never had any tight end for the longest time, and now we have two really good tight ends, including one all-pro one in Waller that looks just to be a matchup nightmare for defenses. As for a few other thoughts on some other players for the Giants on Friday night, Deontay Banks, the Giants' first-round corner in selection, was okay, I guess. Um, Trey Hawkins, who may have won the starting outside corner position, he's a six-round pick. Um, out of Old Dominion, he looked pretty good as well. Now, the Giants may actually start two rookie cornerbacks this year on the outside and actually move Adoree Jackson to the inside slot corner, which is really a testament to how well Trey Hawkins, as a six-round pick, is playing, that they're looking to you know pit, put him on the outside and move Adoree Jackson, who's an excellent cornerback, to the inside. This should be interesting. Having the Giants start two rookie cornerbacks this year um, seems a little risky, but I guess we'll, we'll, we'll see how that works out. Uh, the Giants do center. John Michael Schmitz looked pretty damn good to me at center. It's hard to assess centers, I think, sometimes. But, you know, he was their second-round pick and looked really good. Uh, their third-round pick, wide receiver Jalen Hyatt, mostly annoyed the shit out of me by dropping a wide-open pass on a key possession. 
he made later when they interviewed him out, he made it sound like, ah, oh, it was going to be a tough catch or fingertips. He talked about all this other horse shit, but it was an easy catch. He should have had it. And I don't like his reaction to it in the press afterwards. I'm hoping he has more accountability for his actions on the field. And I hope that he doesn't have to account for a lot, honestly. Let's hope that he just doesn't drop anything else. And he doesn't have to talk about it afterwards. But he did drop it in a big spot. And then he did not really address it properly in the post game. So I'm not particularly happy with that at all. On the next play, though, he did beat a Carolina safety, not even a cornerback, a safety for what was an easy TD. Um, I'm hoping that there's more to his game than we're seeing right now. I keep reading about his famous speed and his playing speed. I haven't seen it yet. You know, I guess we're going to hopefully trot it out somewhere with some cool offensive plays and routes that will, you know, let him show his speed. But so far, it's it's a lot of talk and not much else for Jalen Hyatt. We'll see. Uh, quarterback, third round, third string quarterback, Tommy DeVito. He came in during the second half and went nine for 11 for 88 yards. He definitely seems like a capable third string quarterback if you're going to have one, Tommy DeVito. Now, Kayvon Thibodeau played well on, I guess, one series. He had a sack and also a pressure. Bottom line for Thibodeau is this. We need to see more from Thibodeau this year. I want to see more from him. He was fine for a few games last year. His notoriety from that Washington game, there was a nationally televised game against Washington. I don't know if it was a Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night. It was a night game against Washington. Um, his notoriety from that game sort of carried him through the rest of the season. But his strong play certainly did not, did not carry forward. Um, he finished the year with only four sacks. And as a number five overall draft pick, he needs to step at the frig up in year two. I want to see more action Less talking from this loudmouth, though very skilled, edge rusher. The time is now, Kayvon. More action, more sacks, less talking. Let's go. Let's get at him here. Um, I didn't notice uh, Barkley play at all. His contributions are yet to be seen after he made such a big stink in the offseason about being underpaid at $10 million a year for a running back. So um, my thoughts on how ridiculous it is and was to give Saquon Barkley $10 million a year are well-known. So I'm not going to retread him here. But if I see him hesitating in holes again this year, turning three-yard gains into potential one-yard losses because he's trying to you know, hit a home run every single time, I will lose it on this podcast. I want friggin' production for $10 million a year from a goddamn running back. Um, as I talked about in general, it's hard to properly <clears throat> assess how well individual players playing in a preseason games. And because you have to know if the opposition is playing, yeah, are you playing against their first string? Are you playing against their second string? Are you playing against their third string? So how you do in the game has to be mitigated by, or at least compared against who you're playing against in the opposition. So when you try to assess these players, you have to look at a lot of things. While certain players look really great, we don't really know for sure until the season opener what we're going to have for the Giants. Um, the final preseason game, by the way, this year is this Friday against the Jets. And it's unlikely, by the way, that Jones and other big names will play at all. And if they do, they'll just probably have very, very minimal action. The true test will be the first game Sunday, September 10th, 8.20 p.m. It's a Sunday night football opener when the Giants host the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night football. How cool is that? Go, G-Man. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and the Yanks, by the way, <laughs> lost another game to the Red Sox on Saturday after Boone had a team meeting and the team had another dud, did nothing. Giants looked, I mean, the Yanks looked awful. <laughs> That's it on the Yanks. Anyway, I'm going to close it with that. So thank you for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. I want you to please subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends all about it, and I'll be back soon with some more sports talk. Thanks. Have a good day.